Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Hey, Jordan, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. How are you doing, man? Very good. Very good. Getting Rest- over the Olympics blues. Oh, I was going to say, are you resting up? Are you getting more sleep? Being able to sleep through the night now? Uh, yes. After two nights of waking up in the middle of the night, thinking something needed to happen, I think I'm back to my normal uh, sleeping routine. So Yeah. Well, uh, if only Ben would let me get back to a normal sleeping routine, I think uh, I'd be <laughs> feeling better as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's going to be another couple of years, I'm afraid, for you. Ugh. Don't tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. So back at our normal um non-olympic episodes um what do you uh what what do we have lined up for today uh looks like uh well i I guess we should start just by reviewing uh in reviewing what we saw uh we'll try to compress Mm -hmm. two weeks uh of olympic races down into uh a relatively brief overview um knowing us it won't exactly be brief brief but we'll do our best yeah um and uh, then we can jump over into the power rankings. This time, there actually are new power rankings. Yes. Um, and I have uh, I've gone ahead and I've, I've shared those with RJ. So he has a, uh, a sneak peek, so we can share our thoughts on the other the risers and and fallers that we saw. Uh, we can it'll do a, a little bit of a, a sort of difference uh, under the radar. Um, you know, this is the, we'll talk about somebody who you might have uh, heard a little bit about over the last two weeks, uh, but just thought uh somebody would be interesting to highlight uh we'll check out uh uh sort of interesting up-and-coming athletes um uh this week um as well as sort of a uh, another uh maybe even an up-and-coming team so uh, just to tease that a little bit um we'll uh we'll hit some general topics um and then and then get into the stat of the week i don't know if you want to tease the stat of the week now or if uh you just want to save it until we get to it uh, no, we'll, we'll save it till we get to it. Great. Okay. All right. Uh, you want to jump into, uh, jump into the, uh, the overview of, uh, of the Olympics. Overview of the week. Yeah. And if I had to summarize all the Olympics in one word, I'd probably go for dominance because, uh, how Boris Lent, Fionnier and, uh, Johannes Tingis Bo were, dominating these olympics was uh, very impressive all in their different ways but um if you consider that they would that they took uh you know six out of eight golds in the non-team events and uh, mm-hmm. and then two out of three in the team events you you uh, can only in my opinion described as a sheer dominance and um yeah it was it was great to watch because you know like i said it's uh they came in in different uh forms so to speak and um mm-hmm. on the one hand for Roisland and uh, Fiona was really uh, I was really curious to see if they could keep it up and you know keep performing the way they were in the in the World Cup at the Olympic level and then uh, with Johannes Tingens bow was the uh, sort of the opposite story where I mean he, he wasn't bad by any means in the World Cup but he was just below the level that we knew he could be and uh, mm-hmm. it was kind of a you know let's wait and see what happens at the Olympics. And obviously he timed things very well and, uh, worked out quite well for him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Uh, I, just one way of looking at uh, how those two dominated the men's side, at least. There were, uh, what, 12 total uh, medals given out in individual races for the men. And uh, Quentin Fiumay and Johannes Tingnesbu, uh won six of them. Wow. So, uh, I believe one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's pretty good. Two, two guys winning half of the individual medals is, is, uh, you know, that's, that's cleaning up. Um, and then, uh, Royce Lynch, she won a medal in every woman's individual race there was. So, uh, you can't do much better than that. No. Oh yeah. That's, uh, it's pretty impressive. Um, it was impressive enough that, uh, biathlon, not a major, sport here uh in the united states does not usually make the nbc primetime lineup and uh because of the potential record-breaking um uh moment for quinton fiume and for roisland they, they both had a chance to win six medals they were both discussed multiple times on uh by mike trico on the primetime broadcast so oh wow um, yeah does not happen often i actually don't remember it at all in the last two olympics so um yeah, and then they actually showed um, a cut-up version, but it was a good, good, solid, you know, twenty, twenty-five minutes of the of the men's mass start um, on the on the prime time as well. So, okay, uh, yeah. So you know, uh, dominance makes the news in uh, in the United States, and these guys were dominant enough that that they broke through, uh, which is it's neat, you know, as a biathlon fan, that's that's neat to see it to have a few more people be exposed to it. Yeah, and I think it might be hard for people that are listening that are not from North America to uh, to kind of relate to how how little coverage uh, biathlon typically gets. I, I would say during a normal season without World Cup or sorry World Championship or Olympics, I would I would argue there's basically none. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, of course, during the Olympics you get some more coverage. But yeah, it's uh, I, I noticed that uh, the Canadian team was in the CBC's primetime show and uh, after their sixth sixth place in the relay so uh they got got some more and well-deserved attention there too so well the sixth place in the relay and and they they had several several good finishes uh oh for sure yeah right so uh yeah they they should they should have been highlighted they were they yes. were doing great um some other of the medals that stood out i was really happy for dorothea we are Mm-hmm. To uh, obviously it was not the color that she was hoping for, but to uh, to be on the podium once again um, was really great to see her there. Um, Elvira Oiberg, you know, despite the fact that her skiing was definitely uh, not where she was at the beginning or the, the first two trimesters, uh, still you know good enough to uh, to get two silver medals and a gold medal in the uh, in the relay event. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Happy to see that for her. Uh, the French, I think, were overall on the on the women's side. Overall, maybe not having their best performance uh, as a nation. However, still got a gold with uh, Brésa Boucher in the the mass start and the silver with Chevalier Boucher. So, you know, that's uh, like I said, maybe not what they were hoping for in this in the sense of winning a number of medals, but uh, mm-hmm. still, you know, they're still up there. So, uh, yeah, and then I think I mentioned that in, in one of the last uh, race podcasts that we did, that Denise Herman quite quite surprisingly won the gold in the individual. Yeah. And uh, her 
fellow countrywoman uh, folked in fourth place in that race. So mm-hmm. that was also great to see. So yeah, well, in the in the German women winning the bronze in the relay, absolutely, uh, was, yeah, was it was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I'm going to add on a couple of uh, you know, or I, we're probably going to end up naming everybody here, but um uh anton smolsky i thought winning the silver in the in the men's individual he had such a good uh you know good period in the in the world cup season that really it was nice to see him shine uh in the olympics um and then uh vetle shastad christensen also you know he wore the yellow jersey very early in the season and um he'd fallen off a little bit but uh, he had a, a really incredible finish to the mass start race going you know, five for five when everybody was missing in that last shoot. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was just it was a, just a very cool moment for him. Um, and and yeah, obviously he was he had came up huge in the in the relay as well. So right. he had some some very big moments. You know, for the you know in these in these Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and coming back to Smolsky, I I really enjoyed that. You know, in all the power of the fast skiers, he just came through as a clean shooter. So mm-hmm. it was nice to see that that you know, balance between shooting and skiing. Yes. Um, that both, both can get you to a, to a good result. So. Yeah, absolutely. And we did have, uh, I don't know if you saw this or if we already talked about it and I was just too tired to remember, but we did have confirmation that he and, um, and Alan Bekova are, uh, are an item, uh, as my my dad would say. So, uh, (laughs) congratulations to him. Uh, uh, so he's winning all around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, it was a different type of Olympics, I think, um, just with those three, I, I just don't remember it happening like this with, with three people winning such a, a large percentage of the medals. Um, you know, sometimes you'll see one individual dominate, but this was it just, you know, Iceland, uh, JT Bowen and, and QFM, they, they had just, they, they won almost as many as possible. Yeah. Yeah, and then you were talking about the record, and I and I and I don't want to take anything away from the from the uh, results that they were having, but mm-hmm. I I just want to be I always find it a bit um, misleading when people say, "Oh, he's going to break the record for having five or six mm-hmm. medals," because obviously um, up till what was it, two thousand ten, there were less events yeah. in yeah. Uh, biathlon. So for me, Bjorn Donnan still stands out with uh, four gold out of four options. You literally can do no better than that. No, exactly. So uh, um, maybe just an encouragement for these three very dominant athletes of this Olympics to uh, to come back four years from now and uh, and go for the one hundred percent gold score. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> yeah, although that uh, may not be good for the sport. But uh, no, <laughs> yeah, it's nice to have it every once in a while. But it's also nice to have the uh, the mix up, right? To have just a lot of people winning yeah. different medals. So yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, especially things like the mixed relay and, and sometimes you can win a medal in a relay and, and of course a relay is a team event, um, but, uh, and, and not to name names, but you can sort of be pulled along and you can sort of win a medal in, in a relay in, in spite of your own performance sometimes. Um, so, uh, you know, you'll, you'll look at some of these numbers, you know, five medals or, or what have you. And, um, yeah, it's you know it, it is. You're you're absolutely right. It's a little bit skewed. Yeah, and you're so depending on your uh, the rest of the team, right? But uh... yeah, yeah. It's it, you know at the end of the day, a medal is a medal, 
Um, but oh, for sure. Yeah. For for when you watch it, right? So there are um, uh, there are definitely some relay medals, and this might just be a me thing, and and I'm sure other people will disagree. You may even disagree that uh, some relay medals are are uh, you know they they are worth more than than others. So like Christensen with that with that great closing leg in the men's relay, like he he earned that gold medal. Right. Yeah, uh, whereas, yeah, for sure. as, as you know, Tariabo didn't have the greatest leg. I mean, he still was a part of, he still got the gold medal, but um, you know, they, they almost sort of, they, they got to the gold in spite of, in spite of his performance that day. Not that yeah. there was necessarily somebody else on the Norwegian squad who would have done better, but um, you know, I, Christensen just pulled, pulled extra weight that day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you can say that for, for a lot of teams in the relays, oh, of that, course. Uh, you know, yep. they have their, their weak, weaker athletes and not so much weaker per se, but just performance of the day is just not at where they would hope it to be. And some will stand out and uh, yeah, you just have to be a little bit lucky with your teammates in that sense. Yeah. So um, something for, uh, for these guys to, to strive for uh, something for maybe Elvira uh, to strive for down the road in 2026 or 2030 the the four for four yeah yeah it's uh it's definitely possible for uh for elvira yeah i'm sure considering her age and um God. probably has a couple of olympics still uh still in her so absolutely um did you see uh the um and i apologize so i'm stepping on your toes just the the they uh the listing of the overall medals now for for uh the olympics I did uh, not. Allen still has 13. And you know, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if any of these guys are going to be closing in on him. Which would mean that that JT Bo would still he would still need to have one more Olympics of this level to be able to match him. Wow. That's nuts. I it just goes yeah, to show how, did how amazing he was. The last the last goal that you won, wasn't he like almost 40? He was yes. <laughs> he was much later in his career. Yeah. So I guess in theory, you know, if if uh, Bo wanted to, if he was able to and wanted to continue, but he would have more than one Olympics left. But usually, the the early '30s Olympics is the last uh, one where guys are competitive. Right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Absolutely, it's wrong that way. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, was there any uh, any race that stood out to you, or any any individual performance, or? Yeah, I, you know. It, I've gone back and forth about this. Uh, there were so many that were just really incredible races, but um, I thought just the way that the Olympics started with the mixed right. relay uh, was was something I'll remember for uh, you know a long time. Um, first race coming out, and and it was partially memorable because the wind was incredibly variable, and so you had some pretty big. Um, time gaps open and close and and just a, a lot of moving around in the race which is not usual um i mean these were these were pretty big time gaps that opened up um but then it all came together at the very end with um you know with uh uh jt bow and and uh, qfm and uh latipov all mm -hmm. you know sprinting for the finish and that's you don't see that that often three guys sprinting for gold um or women i mean it just doesn't happen very often and um, so this was the, even in spite of the, the wild weather, um, you know, making some, some, you know, people have more misses than they might normally have. And, um, uh, it, it, it all came together for just a really unforgettable finish. I, that, I, I will remember that race probably for, you know, going forward. 
Yeah, and I, and what an advertisement for biathlon, right? For um, yes. you know people that are maybe not watching biathlon on a regular basis and are like, okay, let's let's check this out. And if that's the first race you see, mm-hmm. um, you know that's that's a pretty darn exciting race and a good example of what what biathlon can be, right? That it's never over till the last lap, and mm-hmm. um, it might also be a hard race to beat in excitement, but uh, yeah, it's totally one that stood out and I'll. I'll definitely rewatch once or twice yeah. uh, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, hopefully somebody saw that uh, race and said, you know what, I'm going to watch some more biathlon races and right. maybe they just yeah. got hooked. Yeah, yeah. Maybe more than one person. Yeah. So. No, and, and uh, for me, like you said, like there were so many good ones to pick up. And um, to me, I think just for my internal enjoyment, the individual race that Denise Herman won, just just for her come out of nowhere and um we 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 knew she was good like she's probably a top 10 mm-hmm. um athlete but uh just to, for her to come out in a in a um a discipline that's maybe not her strongest typically mm-hmm. and come out and win and i think that was also one of the earlier races mm-hmm. really made me feel like oh this is this is going to be good this is going to be a good olympics with uh, a lot of surprises and of course, we saw some uh, the, the earlier mentioned dominance show up after that, but uh, I I still just really remember getting really excited about that race. And absolutely, um, it was it was completely unexpected for me. I shouldn't say you know having seen her form leading into the race, I think we both thought that she had a chance, but um, I don't remember before that the last time she had won a race, and and so just to see her be able to put it together on that stage. Uh, was was really special um, and those I mean the individual race is such a such a tough test um, so it was really uh, it was fun to see it um, and then and then even uh, uh, Chevalier Boucher uh, with the silver medal um, mm-hmm. was was nice as well it was just um, it was just it had it set up the potential of who knows what these Olympics are going to bring Right. Um, you know, and, and didn't always play out that way, but it was, it was a great, uh, it was a great taste and it was a, it was actually, it was, it was a fun race. Was there any other race that stood out to you or, um, I, of course the men's relay, uh, mm. Latipops, uh, misses on the range. Um, you know, it stands out maybe not for the good reasons that, cause I'm, I'm remembering his misses, but just, it was pretty wild, uh, seeing that happen. Um, yeah. I remember both of our reactions afterwards. Um, you know, <laughs> just like, oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, I mean, that was pretty incredible. And and another good example of, you know, biathlon races aren't over till the very yes. last end. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, any other things that stood out to you? I I, I saw your tweet just now uh, about um, Revolt getting the green light obviously that's not a, a good or positive story but uh mm-hmm. i mean the, the hap- what happened to her in the olympics but it, it is positive to hear that she uh, got the green light to race again so uh yeah that's good um anything else that um um is- I, I, so we talked about this a little bit when it happened but um uh uh, uh from greenland uh yep. competing for for denmark um shooting just 100%. She only raced the individual in the uh, in the sprint because she didn't qualify for the pursuit. But I mean, I didn't realize she's what 20 years old. I mean, she's very young. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she shot 30 for 30. I mean, nobody else had a perfect race, even, even in the individual or the, the sprint combined, nobody else was 30 for 30, uh, men or women. So that's, um, you know, uh, that is definitely something that, uh, I, I, I mentioned this earlier, but in these Olympics with these shooting conditions, she should win a prize just for that. Um, Absolutely. and I will be very interested to see how she develops going forward. Um, she is a, at a bit of a disadvantage being from a non-traditional country, but, um, on the other hand, it looks like she's training in Norway now. So maybe she can get a little bit of benefit from, from training there. And, um, I don't know if she's training with the team or, or has any connection with them, but it would be, would be neat if she could pick something up from them. And like I said, she's 20, so she's got her very young at the very least. So she is, uh, she's got a lot of years ahead of her and hopefully we have not seen the last of her. Yeah, and it, it actually didn't come out of nowhere. And this is a bit of a teaser for the stat of the week section that we'll talk about later. But uh, through the first two trimesters, she uh, had a shooting percentage of 85%. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, uh, you know, it's not like she shot 65 and all of a sudden had a couple yeah. of good days. Like she's a she's a very good shooter. She was a little bit slower than, uh, than the first trimesters, but uh, I think that had a lot to do with the uh, conditions in the... Uh, in Beijing as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah no, it, great performance. Yeah. And, 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 you know, on the, on the junior level, which is pertinent as the, uh, the, the junior, uh, world championships are getting started now in soldier hollow. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually had some, some really good finishes. I think she won, uh, an individual race. I don't, I, I saw when I was just doing some brief research on her, um, a couple of years back uh, as a junior. So, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, she's got a lot of growth in front of her and, uh, you know, hopefully we see, we, we see more, uh, it'd be, it'd be fun. You know, we talk about, you know, non-traditional countries. We talked about Campbell, right. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just, just makes things a little more fun. Yeah. And, and especially considering, like, I, I remember other athletes that had their first Olympics that were struggling with their shooting, probably related to nerves and just being in a new environment at mm-hmm. the Olympics considering that that you know she's only 20 first olympics and you just go clean in both your races that's yeah. that's just amazing yeah not not one single miss i mean that's that that's it blows my mind yeah one other thing that uh that i remember uh fondly even though maybe not for a fun reason but uh in the mixed relay when uh Johannes Tingesbo came across the line and and everybody was kind of awkward because they wanted to jump all all over him, but they couldn't <laughs> because he was still supposed uh, to have, uh, I don't know, a couple meters distance to his team. And then they gave him a mask and were finally able to give him a hug. And then at the uh, on the podium, he was sort of separated out. It's just, you know, the, the way the, the Bow Brothers yeah. and the team handled it, it was just, you know, you just make the best of it. And, and I think they did that really well. And that uh, it's definitely something I... I remember as well as a fun story. I had forgotten that, uh, but I, I can distinctly remember now. There's this this funny image. He's he's actually skiing back towards the finish line, and uh, the team is sort of trailing after him. And yeah. it, just, it looks it looks funny in my in in my memory, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of the very unique things about uh, Olympics in the time of COVID. Any other things that uh, that stood out? Uh, I'm sure more will come uh, mm-hmm. with time, but but those are I mean those are too big. I mean they're just, they're just kind of fun things um, that yeah. that we saw. And then I'm glad that we got uh, just today. I'm glad we got as you mentioned the little bit of closure on the the tangible mm-hmm. uh, information. Yeah. Have you heard anything about the uh, Swiss athlete? Nothing. No. 
Yeah. No, me neither. So let's hope that's uh, a similar case and uh, that it was just exhaustion and that she got over it and that she yeah, uh, absolutely. She's, and I'm I'm a bit curious how uh, how they're going to respond after these Olympics because I mean there's no doubt that they were probably one of the toughest ones mm-hmm. uh, with the elevation and the snow conditions and the weather and the temperatures and the the whole the whole ambience and um, just to see how they're coming out of that is is going to be very interesting. Absolutely, um, I like. We've said before, I I don't think that we'll be seeing them race in China um, anytime, or at no. least at least not at this location anytime in the near future. No, I yeah, it's uh, doesn't sound like it. So, no. okay, why don't we move on to our uh, section, the dice? So I'll roll the dice, and I come on number twenty, and in the men's standings, that is uh, Antoine Gigona. And on the women's side, Tyrell Ekhoff. Well, Ekhoff's an easy one to start off with. Sure. Yeah. She had, uh, I would say, a very good Olympics. Maybe if you were looking at um, her expectations coming out of last season, it wouldn't look as good. But uh, she walks away with um, the gold medal in the mixed relay. She got the silver medal in the mass start. She got the pers- the bronze medal in the pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as of a month ago, I w- wouldn't have thought that she would win any medals. She was just looking pretty rough. Um, but she came out, and you could tell right away that she was she was definitely skiing fast, if nothing else. Um, yeah. And that was sort of her superpower. Um, and when she shot decently well, she gave herself a chance, and that's how she uh, won the mass start. Uh, Master Silver. I think she had what four misses, which was about uh, the same as uh, Royce Lind and Rose Boucher. But um, yeah, I you know it just she looked more like Tara Lakoff, which is only a good thing. Yeah, and I mean, and what an emotional roller coaster these Olympics must have been. Where uh, when they arrived, her you know her close friend uh, Tan Revolt was in uh, quarantine, yeah. or at least you know. An, kept at a distance because mm-hmm. she was exposed potentially exposed to somebody with COVID. And then uh, you know, the 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 mixed relay gold and then the uh you know getting the third place in the uh pursuit, I believe. Uh basically because Tan Revolt collapsed. So yeah. that must have been tough for her. And uh, you know, then winning the the silver in the last race on her on her own power, if you want to call it that. So it must have been a very uh up and down emotionally for her and yes yeah i totally agree like we we saw sparks of the uh the the uh from last year and i mean your shooting was still kind of all over the place she probably feels pretty bad about the uh women's relay and her contribution to that so that was probably more of a emotional downside so uh yeah i think very uh probably very mixed emotions for her for the whole olympics and actually, you know, you look at that relay and she did not have a good performance, mm-hmm. but she comes out in the mass start, the last race at the Olympics, and she might've been feeling a lot of pressure. Um, you know, she had just the the bronze that, you know, like you said, she, she could have thought that maybe she won it because tangible, you know, fell apart and physically. Uh, and then she goes out in the relay and doesn't have a great performance. And so suddenly the mass start is her last chance to go out there and, to win a medal, like you said, under her own power. And she did it. Uh, yeah. 
you know, she went right out and, and won the silver and she really won the silver and nobody helped her to it. Um, she didn't tag along on a relay. She didn't, um, you know, win because other people fell apart. Like she had as good a performance that day as anybody except for, you know, President Boucher. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, more power to her. I mean, that was a really hard fought, well-earned silver medal. Um, and one thought I had about her going forward is that because she did have that extra time off, you know, with, uh, you know, early in, in January, um, mm-hmm. and she's, she just has a few races in her legs. I'm wondering, will she have a longer peak? Will she be able to sustain it longer into March um, versus some of the other women? And she might have an opportunity to pick up some more um, high finishes uh, yeah. the rest of the season. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good thought. Or on the other hand, she could just be emotionally overwhelmed and she finished the Olympics, which was her big goal for the season. Then, who knows? It's it's so hard to predict these last these last few races, these last few race weekends. Yeah, and it's like we, we've talked many times about you know our predictions being kind of a, a crapshoot. But uh, <laughs> I mean, especially this these first races in Contiolati. Like I said, I have no idea how people are going to come out of the Olympics. Some might be like mm-hmm. feeling that, you know, their goals have been achieved in the Olympics and everything else is a bonus or people might be completely exhausted coming back. And um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll certainly and, be, uh, uh, it'll be a ride. I must admit that I don't have much on Antonin Guigona. Um I'm not even sure. Was he in Beijing? I know he didn't race any races, but was he sort of the the backup? I know? think he was. Yeah, um, and they obviously didn't need him for for much of anything. So um, he just got to go enjoy the Olympics experience. Yeah, he got to enjoy the uh, the delicious food, um, which I don't know if you were reading the. Um, they gave several of the cross country skiers got uh, food poisoning. So um, I read that. Yeah. Yeah, and so. I also noticed on uh, Instagram that there's quite a number of athletes, I would say at least four or five, who wrote that they could finally eat a burger and fries. Yes. Yeah. So it was uh, a more limited um, menu, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. But uh, I, it's still an experience. I, look, if I if I could go to the Olympics in, in any capacity, I would do it in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. I'll be back up. Yep, exactly. Yep. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, will, I will cheer you on. <laughs> yeah. And you know, did, did he run and the, uh, you know, they did the mass start for the reserves. Hmm. I don't know that there were ever any results posted. We know that Lysar won, but I don't, I didn't see anything. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, I think it was Bakken and uh, Halili who were on the podium. Bit lesser, but uh, yeah, I I must I must admit I don't remember. I I would guess that he would have participated in that if he was there as a as a backup and didn't. You didn't commit this else. to memory. This yeah. uh, <laughs> the race that wasn't a race. Yeah. Uh, scrolling through, I I don't I can't even find the description of it anymore. No. Oh, well. So sorry, Antonin. Not much uh, we can talk about. Uh, I will. I will throw this out there. Uh, has not been a, a year to remember for him. Not a whole lot of great, uh, great races. But his last race in Anholtz, he did have a. I believe it was a top five. So uh, yeah, fourth, fourth. Yeah, position. there we go. So uh, maybe a little springboard to the uh, the back end of the season there. Yeah, and I mean there could be an advantage in not having raced 
five or six races in uh, in two Absolutely. weeks in those conditions. So, yeah, come out ready to go. Yep. Shall we move on to the next section? Absolutely. Yodley. The power rankings. Guys, it's time for a true edition of the power rankings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really and truly. Um, so I guess what I want to do first is uh, I'm just going to briefly, uh, I'll, I will break it up. We'll do the men first and then the women. Um, I will read them one through 10, just so everybody is aware of, of where they are. Mm -hmm. um, again, these will be posted on uh, penaltyloop.com as well. Uh, they, by the time you uh, are able to listen to this, they will be up. Um, and uh, then then Arjuna will, will talk about a couple of the, the risers and fallers. Okay. Um, so in order, one through 10. Number one, uh, making his glorious rise to the top, um, I did put uh, J.T. Bo. Uh, number two, uh, Quinton Fiamae. Number three, Taryabo, uh, number four, Edward uh, Latipov, uh, number five, Benedict Dole, number six, Martin Ponsoloma, seven, Anton Smolsky, uh, eight, Alexander Loganov, uh, nine was Sebastian Samuelson, and number 10, Vela Shasted Christensen. Um, and uh, so, uh, obviously, the, the biggest riser was the, the one who went straight to the top. We've already talked about him a lot, but... Um, yeah, I, I moved JT Bo straight to the top because I think at his his top end and uh, the way he's able to race, I, I had a hard time uh, putting anybody above him. But I, I actually did struggle a little bit with uh, Quinton Fiume just because of his consistency. Mm -hmm. I would say though, like I said earlier, that that uh, we shouldn't like Johannes Bo didn't have the season we were expecting or hoping for him to have in mm -hmm. the first two trimesters, but he was still pretty darn good. He was. He was yep. just, you know, below the level that he that he could, and now we kind of know what the reasons for that were. Um, yep. So he definitely wasn't performing bad by any means, and uh, yeah, to peak at the Olympics, I I would uh, I would agree with you that he uh, deserves to be slightly ahead of uh, Fiona there. Yeah, uh, and and as we've discussed many times with Elvira, um, you know, nobody can match his speed when he's at his. Uh, at his top. So, right. um, yeah, so had a hard time, uh, really, uh, putting anybody above him. Um, the other, uh, I would say the other big, uh, riser, um, up would have been, uh, for me, uh, well, I'll, I'll name two, but, uh, Latipov, um, we hadn't really seen him since we've talked about this a lot, but had not seen him since, uh, the first trimester. Uh, because he missed so much time with COVID, but um, he had several good races uh, while he was at the Olympics and could have been even better. Uh, but for, um, you know, he was out sprinted by uh, uh, Bo and, and, and QFM in the mixed relay. And then the, the mishap uh, with the shooting in the, mm -hmm. uh, the men's relay. I mean, he, he was, he had two more gold medals within, within reach. So, uh, was very close to a uh, uh, an amazing Olympics form, right? Um, and anyway, a little bit of question: Was he going to have his legs? He definitely had his legs. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I you look going forward. If he if he wins uh, one or two races in the last uh, three weeks of the season, while well, I'd be surprised, not at all. Um, and then Dole uh, moved up. He was not in the rankings at all. Um, he 
had a great week in Antholz and still looked solid uh, in in uh, Beijing. Didn't come away with uh, uh, any medals, but um, he was still racing well. And I don't remember your previous power rankings, but uh, was Ponsoloma on there? Uh, Ponsoloma was uh, not, actually. No, you are correct. He, he bumped up as well. Um, he uh, had been in my discussion to, to be on there. Um, yeah, he had a, you know, honestly, I, we didn't talk about him a lot, but sort of under the radar stories, Ponsoloma had a very good week, couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because uh, his speed was, was actually pretty much par with uh, the first two trimesters. Yep. And his shooting was actually quite a bit better. So, yeah, you know, con- especially comparing to the, to the majority of the other Swedish athletes, mm-hmm. um, he did, he did quite well. He did. Um, and, and that's, he did, he, he sort of inversely uh, performed versus the other Swedish athletes. Um, and you know, he, he missed a, uh, he was sixth place in the sprint. Um, and obviously he won the silver and the mass start, but his, his worst solo racers, worst individual performance was getting 12th in the individual, mm-hmm. um, you know, four races, 12th and higher. That's you're doing pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, um, and then, and then not to spend too much time on them, but, um, uh, I, I had been pretty high on, on, uh, Lagreed, uh, going into the Olympics and, uh, he fell out of my rankings. I, we just didn't see a lot from him. He still had the ski form, but, um, his shooting has gotten a little erratic, um, which is, Alarming because uh, that's been such a super yeah. power form, yeah. um, and then and then Samuelson uh, fell down a little bit as well. Right. Uh, moving on to the women uh, again, one through ten. Uh, uh, Marta Roisland uh, was number one. Uh, Elvira Oberg was uh, number two. Uh, Justine uh, Brisset Boucher number three. Dorothea we were uh, fourth. Christina Ratsova uh, was fifth, and uh, Julia Simon sixth. Uh, Ellen Beckovo was seventh. Uh, Lisa Hauser was eighth. Uh, Chevalier Boucher ninth, and Ekhoff and tenth. Um, uh, no change at the top. I don't think there's anybody who would argue for uh, for moving Roisland down or even <laughs> Elvira. I mean, I uh, can't argue with those two, right? I and mean, they've they've been number one two all season, and yeah. and I honestly they they did nothing to hurt themselves winning uh, uh, what five medals and three medals. So. Uh, you know, pretty good up there at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but number three, though, uh, Justine uh, Brzee Boucher, she is somebody I have just struggled with all year. Um, yeah, she has had good, uh, good speed. Um, her shooting has been uh, up and down to say the least. Um, I, I think she has shown uh, her good side recently. Uh, obviously, she had the win in Anholt, she had another, uh, another victory in the Olympics. So, um, you know, with with two wins in in the last two weeks of competition, I, I I would not, of course, not be surprised to see her keep winning. So um, I had her move. She I didn't even have her in my last rankings, and she moved all the way up to third. And I I hmm. actually feel I feel okay about it. Um, like I said, she has two wins, so and that's what I'm looking for. Um, also, uh, we were also had not been in my rankings uh, previously, and she had the win in. Holtz and and she won another bronze. She won the bronze medal um, with the uh, the sprint race. And uh, look, she had she had a good and couple her of weeks alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, like I, uh, 
I, I, I can't. Uh, I, I, I would, like I said, I would not be surprised um, to see her continue to have high, high finishes going forward. She has just shown better and better form as the year goes has gone on. Mm-hmm. And you know, she may benefit benefited from uh, not participating in a pursuit. Yeah, where she uh, probably got some extra rest compared to the other ones. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, and then and then uh, I, Ekhoff made the list here there at the very bottom, uh, number ten, mm-hmm. uh, number ten. Excuse me. Um, I, I don't quite know how to handle her. Uh, she showed great things with you know we discussed with the silver medal and the mass start. She also showed some pretty rough uh, form as well with some of her shooting. So. Um, I think that she is going to be maybe the ultimate boomer bust biathlete going forward the rest of this year. I mean, her ski form is is matched by nobody at this point, mm-hmm. um, and her her shooting is completely hit or miss. I mean, yeah, obviously intended. Yeah, very similar to uh, Breja Boucher and Simon, right? Yep. On a, yep. on a good shooting day, she'll be right up there. Yep. I think those those other two, the the French women, have just shown a little bit more uh, uh, consistency. Right. Uh, yeah. Than the Nekov has this year, so made a little bit higher, for sure. Yep, but anyway, everybody, check them out. Uh, PenaltyLoop.com. I would love to hear what everybody has to say. I I will be completely honest. I struggled a lot this week, um, uh, even more so than usual. I there had been some, uh, you know, the last uh, few weeks before the Olympics, some people were kind of settling out into their kind of their expected positions. Then we saw a lot of um, people moving up, moving down. And I, so I struggled getting people into a top 10. If you have a different order, I would love to see it. So feel free to share it with me on Twitter and, and uh, let's get a conversation going. We will for sure. <laughs> no, just, uh, no, I think it's a good list. And, and yeah, it's, I think especially when you get to the, to the lower parts of the, of the top 10s, there's always discussion for people being on there or off there, um, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. So, yeah, no, it'd be great to uh, to see some discussion started on uh, on Twitter there. Yeah. Under the radar. So for our uh, under the radar section, we uh, we go a little bit different. So far, we've we've talked about uh, quite some younger athletes that are uh, under the radar, and uh, this time we're going to talk about Maxim Svetkov, already thirty. Uh, which you know in biathlon is is I guess kind of around the peak years, but definitely mm-hmm. a bit older than uh, than a lot of other athletes. Um, but he had a a great Olympics, and yeah. um, you twice, know he, twice with the wooden medal, right? Yeah, and and I was a bit surprised to see that uh, this was his first Olympics, given his age, and uh, he's done well over hundred World Cup level races. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I I think um, his his ski speed was was a bit slower compared to the first two trimesters, but his uh, shooting percentage was exactly the same, and that's you know pretty impressive with the with the conditions that uh, that they had in Beijing. So um, I I couldn't believe that when I saw it. Yeah, that's uh, it. It's sort of uh, uh, it, it it's. A little bit shocking. I guess that's just the the shooter he is, and no matter what conditions, you put him on Mars, and he'll be an eighty three point seven five percent shooter. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's possible that some of the uh, the Russian athletes are from you know the more northern regions in uh, mm-hmm. in Russia, and that they're maybe more used to uh, to be to shooting in the cold and and dealing with those 
conditions, but uh, it could very well be that he's just a very good shooter and uh, and a very consistent shooter. So, now, going back a bit, do we know why he wasn't on the 2018 Olympic team? Because looking back at his history, he was in he was a pretty consistent member of their of their world uh, world cup level squad, and then he just sort of disappeared. Yeah, and he. He was uh, off and on the IBU Cup and switching back to World Cup and IBU Cup, and um, I, I I don't know why that was. Um, maybe he was just very unfortunate that there was always four yeah. other athletes that were just a bit better at the time of the Olympics, or, or yeah. you know, basically during the selection for the Olympics. Um, I I don't know if he's been. I don't think he's been away for a while, or or you know, taking a break from, from biathlon from what mm -hmm. I could see. So, yeah. Yeah. He just sort of disappeared after, after, I mean, he, he raced what was a, a couple of races in the 20, it was a 2018, 2019 season and then just sort of disappeared. Yeah. So it's, uh, interesting I, I looked around. I, I even looked on some, some Russian news sites. I could find nothing. You would think that that would make some news somewhere. I just couldn't find them. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's it's really incredible because uh, he hadn't raced that much this season prior to the Olympics, and then came right out and and missed the podium twice. I think by a combined like six seconds. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty wild. Yeah, and I'm sure he'll scratch his head a couple times when he looks back on these Olympics <laughs> with uh, you know so close yet so far away. I know. Yeah, um, but uh, I know. still can't get over the fact that his shooting is exactly the same. <laughs> the World Cup as it was in the Olympics. Yeah. That's, well, if you uh, if you look on um, um, Real Biathlon's website, the, he has these uh, charts for ski rank, shooting rank, and race rank, and he's actually mm -hmm. been very consistent in in uh, in shooting and race rank. In ski rank, he's he's been a little more up and down, but uh, and that's at the the World Cup level and at the IBU level. I mean, he's definitely had less or fewer races, but uh, yeah. still fairly consistent there too. Yeah, yeah. And he just has his uh, he has his patterns. Yeah. So I, yeah, don't I just thought that was neat. And um, you know, uh, like you said, someday he'll look back and just wonder, uh, you know, look at how wonder at how close he was. Yeah, and even looking at his as his uh, at his podiums and wins, that uh, he definitely has more success in the team events. He has six mm -hmm. wins and twelve podiums in the team events. With uh, comparing that to individual events, he has one win and three podiums. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, he, but yeah, he was a strong contributor to the team event for sure. So. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, definitely I mean, some, somebody who, uh, who we haven't really heard much about. And, and like you said, it, I, I tried to find some additional information as well and pretty hard to find. Yeah. He's, uh, a, he's a mystery. So yeah. uh, we talked about, uh, you know, Ekhoff maybe having legs for the rest of the season with him, you know, not really competing the first couple of months. I wonder if he also is going to be able to, to, to maintain a peak a little bit longer. Um, maybe he can get himself a, a podium. Uh, to finish the season, that'd be nice to see. Good reward for uh, for for having a good season. Yeah, yeah, for for staying in it. So we move on to uh, uh, another sort of under the radar athlete, but a, a young a young athlete. Absolutely. All right. So um, 
one gentleman who uh, we saw a little bit of uh, over over the last uh, couple of weeks. He raced in uh, the sprint race in the pursuit. Uh, was uh, the Swiss athlete uh, Sebastian Stalder? Am I mm-hmm. pronouncing that correct? Yeah, I would think so. Okay. All right. Um, and uh, yeah, he placed twenty seventh in the sprint and thirty sixth in the pursuit. He is. Uh, just 24 years old, um, and only has 29 uh, total World Cup level races. At, that's both his individual and team events. So, uh, still a, a relative newbie there for um, uh, for the World Cup level. Um, so we're we're just starting to see him. Um, I'll be honest. The the most uh, I recognize him is is for some reason I always look out for the Swiss team um, in the relays. Uh, not that I'm expecting them to have have necessarily great performances, but um, I'm always just just uh, looking for them, um, and so that that's when I have uh, seen his name the most. Um, that didn't have uh, uh, the the greatest relays uh, in the Olympics, but um, you know. So, but but he has been good enough that he's been getting some experience in in those relay races for for the Swiss team this season. Um, well, and he was definitely not the weaker link uh-huh. in that in that relay. I think nope. uh, considering how young he was he is still and, and uh, the little experience he has. And I'm pretty sure this were his uh, first Olympics. Though not a hundred percent on that, but uh, yeah, no, he, he really stood out to me that uh, after his leg, they were still in the race and mm-hmm. he's been uh, comparing it to the first two trimesters. Um, he's been a little bit slower, but his shooting was uh, went up from just under 73% in the first two trimesters to uh, 88% during the Olympics. Now, again, that, that is, of course, based on a small sample size, but uh, it's still a, a pretty good shooting performance under these conditions. And, uh, you know, assuming that these were his first Olympics. Up and coming athletes. For, for up and coming athletes, I also wanted to... Uh, to talk more about a team uh, rather than one athlete. And I was really curious to see what was going to happen when uh, when we heard that Bjorn Dahlen and Don Marcheva were um, mm-hmm. going to coach the uh, Chinese team. And my my guess is that they just wanted to, you know, have one of the best coaching combinations you can think of and uh, and perform, you know, probably above their, their normal level at the Olympics in their own country. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I don't necessarily think they got what they hoped for, although there was definitely some uh, some athletes that uh, on the Chinese team that did quite well at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also I I don't know how long their contract is for, and uh, I'm assuming it it doesn't stop here. So uh, maybe it's it was a more of a broader plan to uh, to con- to be continued after the Olympics and uh, use the Olympics just to get some uh, attention and some uh, you know some some more interest in biathlon. Mm-hmm. And um, from that perspective, maybe they're still, you know, still on the on the way up and uh, and coming uh, for the next couple of seasons. Yeah, we will certainly see. Uh, I I am not the most avid follower of the of the Chinese biathlon team, but honestly, just looking at their results, I, you wouldn't see much of a difference between last season and this season, the last couple mm-hmm. of seasons and this season. Um, uh, I do not remember the gentleman's name. Uh, but there was a Chinese athlete who qualified for the mass start. 
Um, right. He was kind of, uh, I think he was outside of it. And then because Yakov Fuck couldn't, uh, yes. for, went home. Yeah. The, uh, the Chinese gentleman was, uh, was placed in, in his spot. Yeah. So, so if you are looking for a, um, a bright spot, you know, I would say, there you go. Um, cause I, I don't think anybody would have predicted that going into the Olympics. Um, especially with all the, you know, with the, the, the high level of, of, uh, performances that we saw um so that was that was you know i i guess special for the for the home uh for the home the home team. yeah and i think there were a couple of of races where the uh some of the chinese athletes were were in it in the first couple of laps because their shooting mm -hmm. was was actually pretty good it was um they they may have had some advantage of being in their home stadium where they practice more than anybody else but uh I think they they showed some good shooting results in in previous races this season as well and um, do you remember, is it last season that they couldn't compete in Europe because of COVID? Yes. Yeah. So they, they missed all that. Right. So mm -hmm. yeah, no, they, they are excellent shooters. I apologize. But yeah, that, that is something I've noticed throughout the season is that sometimes in relays, you'll see them pop up early because their early legs are able to, you know, keep up on the first lap. They shoot clean. So they're there and then they kind of fade throughout the race. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, yeah. They're just, I don't know would be it's really going to be interesting to see if, if they can keep this uh steady growth going in the next couple of seasons or uh or, or if they sort of try to peak at the olympics and uh and now i don't want to say they give up but uh maybe to just get less attention and and again i don't know what uh what the coaching situation is yeah. for the next couple of years if uh if the bjornal and dombretschva are going to stay on but um be, it would be interesting to to uh, to have them more part of the mix. Uh, yeah. It, well, they got a uh, what 1.5 billion people. They can hopefully find uh, eight fast ones. Um, yeah. But uh, but I'm being a little bit silly. But um, you know, it did seem that uh, the the on a, on a sort of macro level, the Chinese team did put a lot of money into coaching. Um, I remember watching a few other events, and they they discussed how they you know made a made a point of noting that they had hired coaches from. Uh, more traditional countries to come in and, and coach up the athletes. So we'll see if there. This is part of a bigger effort to be more competitive on the on the world stage and and in winter games. Or uh, what, like you said, was this just something to 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 show well for for these particular games? Yeah, they certainly. I, it wouldn't surprise me. I, like I, I, I was a little bit of a joke that they've got such a huge group to draw from. But but if they actually put the money into it, and they've they've definitely you know they've hired coaches. Um, especially here in, in biathlon that know what they're doing, that if they are eventually, if they're able to get the, uh, the, the right athletes available to them, um, they can mm -hmm. really, they could build something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of the place, uh, plays also around making, a, a stronger biathlon culture in China. Right. Mm -hmm. yep. so, I mean, if you, if you look at the countries that are currently top of the top of the world on, on biathlon it's a lot of countries that culturally have a very strong connection with uh with skiing and uh and cross-country skiing and um yeah. I, I i don't know i i'm not aware of any top athletes in the cross-country skiing world from china so i would assume that uh cross-country skiing and biathlon is not huge there but uh maybe yeah. maybe these olympics will help with that Absolutely. And you've seen, you know, uh, the, the Chinese athletes are starting to be seen in other, in other, you know, sports, right? So you'll, you'll, you'll see, uh, more, you know, Chinese tennis players, or you'll see, 
Um, what sport uh, was it? Uh, like freestyle skiing, uh, they did very well in. Um, which, and the snowboarding too, right? Snowboarding as well. Yeah. So, um, so it, it, the winter sports are growing, and you know, a culture can be built, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that as and this is even going even more macro, but as as China builds a middle class, like there are more people who will be looking to um, do these types of things, um, right. and so you know, we'll see if uh, we'll see if they can, yeah, we'll see if they can build more of a, a cross country skiing uh, uh, culture, like you said. Well, maybe they can do the same as snowboarding because uh, the uh, the top athletes on the snowboarding, I think she was born and raised in uh, in the United <laughs> States, and she then, was, yeah. Uh, changed her nationality, so maybe they can look for a, a Norwegian athlete in biathlon <laughs> that has a uh, Chinese, Chinese roots. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, that'd be something. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, move on to our general topic. Yodeli. The general topic, and that is something that uh, has come up a lot in brief conversations, mm -hmm. um, but we wanted to spend a little bit more time on the whole season preparation for the Olympics, um, how to train, how to peak, how to uh, you know either save your energy in the in the first two trimesters or just uh, go all out. So uh, we had some some really distinct approaches. Uh, Norway seemed to really drop everything else for the Olympics. And, um, you know, especially when you look at ski performance, you, you, it's hard to argue that they, uh, that they did really well when it comes to peaking. And I think mm -hmm. Roisland was sort of the only, uh, exception to the, to the Norwegian plan as she, you know, did quite well in the first two trimesters already and was, was able to, uh, to pull that through in the Olympics. But I would say pretty much all the other athletes were really peaking in the Olympic, uh, weeks there on the ski speed yeah yeah uh you are 100 right uh it was well we had so many conversations early in the season what is wrong with the norwegians what's wrong with the norwegians yeah and uh well nothing was wrong with the norwegians they just had a great plan they won 42 percent yeah. of the medals and they looked like uh overall the fastest team so uh it worked out mm-hmm none you know, opposite of that, uh, Sweden seemed to focus on peaking early in the season, dragging that on as long as possible, and then uh, perhaps peak again in Beijing. And they were uh, they were in Beijing probably the the soonest or earliest mm -hmm. of all the top teams, at least. And uh, you know, Elvira had some great performances, and uh, Ponsaloma had some great performances. But I would say, generally speaking, the team didn't perform as well as uh, as they hoped for because uh, the results weren't really um, it, I find it hard to say they weren't where they would expect them to be because I mean they still had three silver medals and a gold so mm -hmm. it's not like they, they had a, an awful Olympics but I think compared to their expectation that must have been a little disappointing yeah I, I yeah I agree um, you know they uh especially the way that they looked early in the season. They mm -hmm. probably had, had dreams of, of uh, a handful more. Um, and also they, they won those four medals, but it was primarily the Elvira Oiberg show for yeah. most of the Olympics. And, and uh, Ponsaloma of course had, did very well uh, um, also, but um, they were all, some missing, you know, Samuelson and, and Hannah Oiberg uh, especially were, 
yeah. sort of missing in action a little bit there. Yeah, because I think, in all fairness, uh, Anna Magnuson had a fourth place, if I remember correctly. Oh, you are absolutely right. She did. In the sprint. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I think uh, Mona Burson didn't have a, a bad Olympics. It just huh. seemed, yeah, it just seemed like uh, the skiing, they were struggling. And, and again, that's probably also because we're relating it to or comparing it to the first trimesters where they were just flying. Yeah. Um, so it could could also be that maybe just uh, the wax didn't work out for them as well, but uh, I, I find that hard to believe over a whole Olympics. I yeah, could that see that would, you know, in one one or two races, I could totally see that, but uh, yeah, so yeah, it just yeah, to I me, agree. it feels like their plan just didn't work out. I, I think so, too. yeah, um, yeah, and even even Elvira, we've we've spoken about her a lot, but even she looked like she was fighting it, um. Mm -hmm. To, to get those silver medals. I think that that speaks a lot to her, um, her fight uh, to, to go out there and grab those medals. But it, she didn't, it did not look easy for her as it had necessarily earlier in the season. No, no. Um, another team that took a different approach again was France, where they basically considered the Olympic Games as part of the season. And um, I think that, um, you know, there's no denying that worked out for Quentin Fiumoyer. Mm -hmm. um but i think for the rest of the athletes probably didn't work out i i'm not sure what happened to emilien jacquelin because it seemed like there were some issues before the olympics even started um yeah. and he just never really came back from that but uh i think you know comparing the stats from the first two trimesters to the olympics the women definitely uh performed lower than uh, than they were in the first two trimesters so mm -hmm. um yeah like i said it, it worked for some and didn't work for uh for others but, uh, I, uh yeah i've got nothing to add there i i agree with uh with that assessment um and then i think one team although you know smolsky still had his medal but uh, i mm -hmm. think generally speaking i thought belarus was a little disappointing mm -hmm. um Sola getting back her speed, but her shooting was still, you know, far from where she was in the in the beginning of the season. And Alan Bakova probably picking the worst time to uh, to struggle a little bit on both the shooting and uh, and the skiing. Yeah, uh, that was the you know Alan Bakova. She had been looking so steady all season long, mm -hmm. and um, that was really the first faltering that we saw from her. Yeah, uh, which was just a unfortunate timing, and you don't know everything that goes into it, but. Um, you feel for her a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, Smolsky, he, he kind of carried the flag for them. Um, and, and then Sola as well. Just, just uh, she actually, she, she looked uh, good at times. But yeah, yeah, they were a outside contender for, uh, you know, you would have thought for, for the, the women's relay or especially the mixed relay. Uh, but right. it just didn't, didn't come together quite like it looked like it might have. Uh, no even no. a couple of weeks earlier. No. And then uh, I would say Germany probably did a pretty good job mm -hmm. in the preparation and the planning. And obviously uh, um, Herman peaked at the right moment. Yep. Although it wasn't for the whole uh, Olympics, but she still, you know, did a, did a, did have a good performance overall. I think Vogt had a good performance. Hints was probably, you know, where where she was in a in the first two trimesters, and uh, Preutz, you know, nobody really knew what uh, what she could bring. 
just because of her her ankle injury and then yeah and then COVID no. hitting her and I think she uh, she actually did quite well. I, I yeah no I think so she you could see her getting stronger throughout the games. Um, yeah, so that was that was really nice to see also. Um, they were I think that the German team they are not as good as they were even a couple of years ago, hmm. but. Um, I think they did a good job of maximizing their potential. Um, nobody could have seen that injury and the COVID happening. Um, and that, that definitely limited the team as a whole. Um, you know, she might have been a contender in a, in a healthy season for another medal. But um, I, I think that they also had, uh, folks had the, the fourth place finish in the individual. Um, and then uh, they had a couple other, uh, you know, top finishes just in the in the individual races just weren't enough to get across the line into um, into the medals. Uh, Dole and Reese were both uh, top seven for the men's individual, uh, for example. Um, mm-hmm. So they they were just they didn't quite figure in the medal category, but I think that they they maximized uh, what they had, um, probably to the, probably the best they could have. Yeah, and I think you know Kuhn and Lesser are probably the two athletes that. Uh wouldn't feel great about their performances. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I think all did pretty well. Uh, definitely not weaker than they were in the trimesters before that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a good, a good point. Lesser, I, I would have the way he was performing in January. I thought we were going to see a little more from him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if something changed or something happened if he got sick, but, um, I, he know, did have, uh, I think on the individual, um, he had some food poisoning or at least stomach issues. Ah, okay. Um, so right. that would, ex- well, partially explain at least his, uh, his lesser than, oh, no pun intended there. Um, his not so great performance there, but I also yeah. think in the relay, his, his leg was, was not where he'd hoped to be. Got it. Uh, that's just uh, unfortunate. But... Um, the Russian team, I, I had thought going into the Olympics, I had thought that they had a chance to win a whole slew of medals and, and they still did. I mean, don't get me wrong. They, they won four. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, uh, with, uh, Ratova and then, and then Loganoff and, uh, you know, the way he was looking going in, I thought maybe they would be contenders in, in a few more races, but, uh, didn't quite turn out. Um, and, and we talked about it already, but, uh, they were they were very close to winning, uh, turning two of those bronze medals into gold medals in the relays. Yeah. But, um, I just thought hey, four medals is still. Don't get me wrong; that's a very good Olympics. But right. uh, I thought I thought they would have been a little uh, in contention a little bit more. Uh, but yeah. I also did, I also didn't see Svetkov coming. So uh, you know you knew. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, we both had our eyes on Ritsova a little bit there, and I think mm-hmm. she had a very good Olympics. Um, yeah, she did just. Uh, didn't didn't work out into the medals but uh yeah and i, I and again it's so hard to uh cuz I, I mean i don't know those details but i i always thought you know people from uh from russia if they're coming from the northern end they might be better uh equipped for the, for the conditions that they had but i don't know that's probably a, a bit of a too broad assumption for uh for individuals, yeah, uh, I I would have thought the same though. So uh, I would mm-hmm. be right there with you. 
So yeah, I, I, I think the, the the winners are really uh, Team Norway compared to yeah you know the first two trimesters. Yeah, and we talked about this uh, you know in an earlier podcast, but um, then Norway did surpass Germany in terms of mm-hmm. uh, total uh, Olympic biathlon medals. So yeah, um, you know, and not a surprise you win you win fourteen medals in a single games, um, and you're definitely going to rise on up the rankings. Yeah. Um, another subject we wanted to bring up on the general topic is the, uh, retirement watch or mm-hmm. potential retirements coming up. And, uh, we had some, some good discussions about, uh, Davidova already mm-hmm. where she has expressed, uh, you know, not being sure if she's going to come back next season and, and wants to pursue a, a career as a, uh, veterinarian. Um, I think both Eckhoff and Roiseland have, you know, they have definitely not definitively said anything about retirement but they seemed like sometimes to allude to it a little bit they did yeah um and uh you know they're early 30s and i know ekoff just uh, got engaged so maybe they're they had this set as like their big their big last raw was to get through these olympics and mm. you know I, I i i would not be surprised to see them come back though they're obviously still they've got a lot to a lot to offer and they're still at the peak of their powers but if they walk away uh, look nobody can nobody can nobody can blame them no and and I'm, i would i think they're both 31 um, yeah you know to to think that they're still gonna make the next olympics would probably be pushing in a little bit especially yeah. when you also see the uh the younger people yep. on the norwegian women's team coming up so uh yep but yeah i definitely hope that they're going to be around for at least a couple more seasons in the world cup yeah, it'd be fun, uh, you know, especially if they can take those younger women under their wing and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah, you don't want sure. them to block them from the from the top level, but uh, right. just to get them a little, little experience and a little, little coaching would be nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vera, did you did you hear or read anything specific about if she... Uh... Didn't hear or read anything specific. Um, this is just reading the tea leaves of how much she wanted to get this medal. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I read this specifically, but I, I think that she had mentioned um, within the last couple of years, but that this particular, so winning another uh, Olympic medal was was something that she really wanted to do. She felt like it was something almost that she needed to do and um, she got it. And I it just, I think she's also in that same age range as, as Ekhoff and Roisland. So um, it would not surprise me if, if she called it a day. I thought she was actually a bit older than them, but uh, oh, is she? I that I'm just I'm, I'll look it up right away. Um, and I can't type anymore. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. She's 31 as well. Yeah, yeah, she's won a couple uh, crystal globes. I just wouldn't be surprised if uh, if this was it. No. And then we talked about Tandrevolt already, so. Uh, you know, I think it, it was not based on anything other than what we saw and, and having worries yeah. about her health. And uh, yeah, so it's great to hear that she, uh, she's got the, the medical green light to keep performing. So I don't foresee her retiring in the next couple of years. No, I think that if Ekhoff and Roisland decide that they're going to retire, then she would be the new leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe not as powerful as those two, but uh, she would be the, the, the experience and she just, yeah, she would be, She'd be, yeah, like I said, the most experienced, and she'd be the best of, of everybody that's on that World Cup team. But like you said, a lot of young talent. Well, and the sad part is that uh, even though her skiing was a bit slower than uh, 
during the first two trimesters, although again, the, the conditions were pretty tough. Her shooting was actually up uh, mm -hmm. 12% or almost 13%. Now, unfortunately, she only did the three races in which one of them she uh, she collapsed. So that obviously has an impact on her ski uh, ski speed as well, <laughs> as was very clear from the video that we saw. Yeah, Our, yeah. Uh, able to laugh now that we know she's okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, she actually, I think, within the Norwegian team, if you Norwegian team, if you strictly look at the the shooting and, and skiing performances, she was probably one of the best performers. In no, I should say that differently. She was probably one of the best improvers in the Olympics compared to the first two trimesters. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and, and and I had forgotten. I I just saw this again looking back, but she finished fifth in the sprint race. I, you know, and she was only mm -hmm. just a, a short bit. Uh, about 13 seconds back of Hauser and, you know, going into that, that pursuit, you know, going, and she was, she was in position to medal. <laughs> so it was, yeah. it's just, it'd be one thing if she had been like in 28th place, but she was in position to medal. Yeah. Um, oh man. That's just, yeah. it's, it's heartbreaking. Thank goodness she's okay. And, and hopefully she gets another, another crack at it. I, Absolutely. you know, I, I've said many times before that, you know, my, my heart belongs to Lisa Hauser, but if uh tangible makes it to the, the 2020 or 2026 Olympics, I will definitely be cheering for her to get oh, a medal. For sure. Yeah. Um, who else do we have that might uh, wrote down uh Preutza cause she had mentioned early in the Olympics that she, you know, she had a couple of finishes in the, the individual in the sprint and she was had said that it felt like it was work you know and and she was working really hard and not seeing the results and she didn't know if she was going to be able to continue mm -hmm. but after the the she had a very good pursuit race and then she had a really good uh mass start um she actually finished in in eighth place and she sounded much different after the mass start and then they also in between there they won the the medal in the relay and and she sounded much more optimistic so i think that we will definitely see her uh, going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I would hope so. Um, and then thinking about the men, um, you know, you can never, uh, count on, uh, Simone Ader, uh, continuing. I mean, he's 39. So, uh, yeah. And I saw a video of the Austrian biathlon team that I don't think he specifically said it, but I, I think he was alluding to, this was definitely my last Olympics, Yeah, but for, I kind of vaguely remember that he also made a comment about that this might be a last season, but um, I definitely don't want to uh, pretend that I know for sure because I don't, but uh, it sounded uh, to me yeah. like maybe he was alluding to that and, uh, you know, it wouldn't be a shock either. No. Nope. So. Nope. No, and, and, and Yaka Fock in the same, in the same sort mm -hmm. of basket there. Um, Any time that he decides that he's ready to, to hang up the skis, you know, I would not be surprised. So, yeah. Um, uh, and it was unfortunate to see him go home, uh, go home early. Yeah. I, I don't know if, uh, if he just didn't feel like he had the energy anymore, or if there was something else going on, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was too bad to, to see him leave early. Yeah. Um, um and then we, we'd written down, uh, Tario Bo as well. Um, right. You know, he's, he's sort of in the, in the same generation, uh, same, same grouping as, as Eckhoff and Royce Lund and Weir. And, um, he, he, just seems so overcome with emotion with these medals. Um, Cause he I didn't have any was... individual medals nope. yet. Hey, yeah. So, and now he's got two. Yeah. So uh, he would be another one where he might decide, you know what? I don't really want to go through another four year Olympic cycle. And he, it, it's, it's ready to, ready to, to be done. I, I hope Do you think there's you know, any pressure though in Norway where oh there's always, gosh. you know, the great 
Olana Bjørndal and oh he still did it when he was 40 what are you talking about uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh, there's got to be right I mean mm. to, to keep going especially when you are that good because um, he's still having really good finishes it's not like he came out of nowhere for these medals no, no. Um, so uh, it must be there must be pressure to just feel like well you can't you can't give up now you got to keep going yeah yeah so it's I don't know like I, I find it hard to imagine that he'll be there four years from now but you never know, right? Absolutely. Hey, yeah. maybe he can uh, the, have his brother, you know, hitch up a hitch up a, a sled or something. And, and maybe uh, now he's called to get a around. golden individual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I, I I couldn't think of anybody else. I tried to tried to look. Uh, you know, I'm sure there will be some surprises um, every time that we finish up with an Olympic cycle. You know, a few people decide that. You know, I don't know if, if I want to do that again. So. But is the, uh, the world championship cycle is that I, I totally forgot is that every year except uh, during the Olympic year or is it every two years um, I believe it's every year now you've got me doubting myself because I know it was last year was in Pokoyuka every other year I know I'm yeah, saying yeah, that wrong yeah, you're right you're right every two years uh, every two years no okay. no no it's, it is every year right, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to cut that out because we were going to sound we're going to sound smart because uh, it was in Antholz and then it was in Pokoyuka it's in uh, Oberhof next year. Oberhof next year. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, there's always something to fight for, right? To exactly. do one more year. <laughs> one more year, get 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 a few more uh, championship level golds. Yeah. Or medals. <laughs> All right. Shall we move on? Uh, yeah, I think it's time for the stat of the week. All right. Yodely. The stat of the week. So, uh, as I've already alluded to in the uh, previous conversation so far is uh, I did a comparison of Olympic performances uh, in Beijing to the performances from the first two trimesters. Um, I only looked at non-team events um, and I'm very aware that uh, especially for those that did not partake in all the races, you were talking pretty smart, s small sample sizes here. So, uh, you know, you got to take, take the average of two races with a grain of salt, but it is the best we got to compare the Olympics to these other uh, other two trimesters. So um, I looked at the ski speed based on seconds behind the leader per thousand meters. Uh, mm -hmm. If you are unfamiliar with that, I encourage you to go to biathlonanalytics.com and read my article about ski speed. And um, you know, I I noticed in the uh, the data that most the majority of skiers was the kind of even or slower than their average ski speed of the first two trimesters and uh i think a lot of that can be uh based on the the elevation the cold and the and the, and the man-made snow conditions um so that's something to keep in mind and then the shooting based on total is based on the total shooting percentage i didn't split it up between standing and uh and prone um, I separated it by, by gender, athlete, and nation. Uh, unfortunately, unlike uh, the Power Rankings article, this uh, is not on my website yet. I'm hoping to, uh, to finish it up and uh, make it look a bit more uh, consumable in the next couple of days. So I hope to have this up by the weekend. Well, good gracious. Uh, I don't know what, what's taking you so long. I just uh, have to you know, spout <laughs> out <laughs> whatever I feel like. You actually have to make sense of real data. Oh, the pressure. Uh, um, but yeah, I was, uh, 
was interesting. And uh, one thing that I'm still working on, and I'm actually curious what your thought is on this. Um, so when comparing the uh, the seconds behind the leader per thousand meters, um, I'm really debating if I should just look at the absolute differences. So for example, let's uh, pick Samuelson. He, uh, on average, in the first two trimesters was one second behind the leader per thousand mm -hmm. meters. And in the Olympics, it was uh, 6.81. So he, he lost basically 5.81 seconds. And I can compare that to Sletemark, for example, who also uh, was 5.8 seconds slower, but she started with 22.3 seconds behind the leader and I was 28.1. So I'm really debating if I should just look at purely that that difference in seconds or if I should, um, you know, divide it by the baseline of the first two trimesters and, and express it as a percentage. But um, if I would compare these two athletes, then um, Sletemark's uh ski performance was 26 percent slower where if i go to samuelson it's almost 600 percent slower so that doesn't feel right either so uh that's yeah, one of the reasons like why i haven't finished this article yet because i'm still trying to it's difficult right because it's it's difficult to find the right number to express what mm -hmm. is true I'm, I'm not using my words correctly but um you know, Slutemark and and Samuelson, you wouldn't look at their performances and say, "Oh yeah, you know, they were they were equally you know slower compared to their normal." Right. Um, you know, Samuelson, I was not that we saw a lot of Slutemark to begin with, but but Samuelson definitely was more um, obvious. But six hundred percent is sort of ludicrous. Yeah. So yeah, and it's just so, it's uh, such a such a gigantic number that's even it's like just sort of it, it's hard to to conceptualize what that really means. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, so I, I agree with you. It's, a, it's sort of it's a difficult thing. Um, I, I think that. Hmm, well, now I'm on the spot. Um, I, I think right now, I mean, just just my first time, you know, looking through them. You know, when when you shared this, uh, you know, just you know, a little bit before we did the podcast, I looked primarily just at the at the the pure, like the number, just the the five point eight. Uh, mm -hmm. seconds um just as, as sort of a way of getting my bearings but i'll be honest i was looking mostly at the uh the top uh athletes right so i was i was drawn mostly to samuelson or royceland to to see how they did right um, in comparison so i wasn't really looking at uh the you know uh you know the the, the left marks. marks yeah exactly right so uh so uh, so it didn't stand out to me you know it, it, it just looking as a um Sort of looking at the 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 difference um, in average average you know in in time behind the leader and per thousand meters made more it made sense right I, it it was just easier to visualize when you're looking at right. everybody who's on the same general scale yeah yeah um, no, that's fair enough uh, like oh man right like Roisland for example she was actually two point five seconds faster uh, yes. per thousand meters yeah which I it's just it's really awesome uh, uh, when 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 you had, when you had, Think about it. I mean, considering how fast she was to start. I know. Yeah, it's and then you compare that to uh, Deirdre Irwin, who was uh, actually three point eight seconds faster. Right. And she, yeah. You know, she she was uh, already a lot more behind. So yeah, yeah, I'm still I'm still finding a way to express that in a fair way, mm -hmm. in a comparable way. But 
Yeah, if I look at the uh, the athletes, just based on, I'll, I'll take the absolute differences then, and uh, just the shooting percentage difference. Um, in or over, for example, I'm just looking at athletes that did the four races just to have a bit more sample size. But uh, Innerhofer from Austria had a had a great Olympics where she uh, she gained a second and her shooting was 15% above what she typically shoots. You know, I'm really glad you mentioned her because I actually just wrote a little piece on her. I, I had this uh, the piece that's going to go up on the website shortly, um, just looking at just just different people who didn't medal. Um, we didn't see a lot of them. In fact, they were they were so hard to find that if you go back and look at the the Olympic highlight packages from NBC, they are mm -hmm. nowhere to be seen. Um, and uh, but Innerhofer was one of the ones I, I looked at, and she actually she had a very good Olympics. And, and you are absolutely correct. You know, she uh, she she did uh, end up performing. Uh, you know, I'm glad to see that the numbers. What I'm trying to say, is I'm glad to see that the numbers backed up what I was what I was seeing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm, and also. Um... I'm gonna obviously write an article about this and and put this uh, Tableau uh, dashboard out for everybody to see and play with. Um, but I'm also planning on adding the uh, the last trimester data to this as well to see mm -hmm. if there's uh, a, a real peak for the Olympics or if uh, if people are like Fiamaye, if we can see sort of a you know consistent flat line uh, yes. throughout the season. So uh, so that's still all coming. Um, but yeah, it's it's just uh, like I said, uh, take it with a grain of salt because it's it's only a maximum of four individual races. But uh, I think it's still a, a fun way to see how how people perform and uh, are able to peak at a uh, event like the Olympics. I also really liked uh, you broke it down uh, by nation as well, which I thought was interesting. Right. Um, yeah, and again, know. of course, then you're um, you know you got more sample size, but you're also averaging. Yeah maybe a really good performance and a really bad performance. Um, so again, just looking take a bit at the sweeps though, right. Uh, or, uh, you know, maybe, maybe this is just, I, I'm looking for it. So I'm seeing it, but you know, they mm -hmm. were, were much lower. Yeah. On average, they lost, uh, lost 3.3 seconds as a team, mm -hmm. uh, for the men. And I'm quickly going to look at the women here. 2.26 seconds and for both men and women their shooting was uh, quite a bit lower um than uh than before the olympics so yeah 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 i think this is fascinating i i, I strongly encourage everyone to go play around with it you will lose uh a big chunk of your time so maybe save it for <laughs> a uh maybe a lunch break or when you're at when you're off work um because you seriously i i could just play around with this all day um I think that uh, I'm having too much fun just looking at the nations, uh, you know, because in my head, right, uh, and, and it, like you said, this is small sample sizes and and just individual races can really kind of skew mm -hmm. things. But uh, I love seeing, you know, in my head, the uh, United States women had a good Olympic Games. And then you go Absolutely. look at their, right, you go look and they're, uh, you know, 1.4 seconds per thousand meters faster. Um, mm -hmm. Which is kind of nice. nice. Oh, look, hey, look, <laughs> confirmation. Yeah. Um, or like the Norwegian women, same same thing. So, yeah. um, I I am really enjoying doing this. I don't know how long uh you know you've been staring at this data, um, but I I honestly I could look at it for weeks and and still be finding new things from it. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I'm glad you find it interesting, and I, and I hope uh, a lot of other people do. And again, uh, we've done this before. Uh, but a shout out to uh, Real Biathlon. That's where I'm getting mm -hmm. all my data from, and uh, I I want to mention him 
specifically because I did find a little bug in the data, and that's probably just because um, when he gets the data from IBU, sometimes the data is not complete yet. So I let him know, and within an hour, it was updated. So uh, wow, it's not just good data, but it's also uh, good service. So uh, definitely He's something to things. check out. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah. People go check it out. And uh, again, if you uh, have any comments or feedback or ideas on uh, how to uh, combine shooting data with skiing data, uh, I'd be happy to hear it on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, I would love to. I would love to hear it. This is above me. I, I you know, people who who know, I, I will dabble in like the the basics of data. But RJ's your man. Um, you know, I I am interested in it. Uh, my brain just doesn't totally work that way. And I'm the opposite. And yep. I, I find it fascinating how you how you write uh, not just your articles but also your uh, how you keep up to date during races. Yep. So it's always amazing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I, I have uh, a hard time keeping up reading it, so I can't. Yeah. Like to, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a little frenetic. Um, so, uh, was there anything else? Any any other uh, big things you wanted to mention from the Olympics? I'm sure we'll come back to the Olympics, uh, you know, throughout the season because it's hard not to. But uh, any other big Big topics, notes, things that you wanted to mention. Um, well, in the end, and we've talked about her, but the fact that uh, that uh, Tandrevold is healthy, I think, in the end, is is one of the things that uh, that is most important. And um, the shock of seeing what happened with her, and and the same for Kadurish from from Swiss, and unfortunately, we don't know what her status is, but. Uh, just the fact that you know sport is all important and uh, and uh, winning gold and everything, but in the end, it's it, the health is uh, is most mm -hmm. important for these athletes. So uh, at least seeing Tan Revolt being uh, being healthy and uh, and gotten the green light is probably the the most important thing for me. Absolutely, yeah. No, I I, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, if I had to add something different, I, I I always enjoy just the the joy that the athletes have. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously there are, there's the agony of defeat and you're going to see that, but you just look at the, you know, even people who have won a lot, but you know, they just the joy with which they are leaping onto the podiums and embracing and the, the tears that you see, um, you know, from, from several of the athletes after they, after they've competed and, um, you know, the, the world championships are great and the, the world cup is, is a lot of fun, but the Olympics are a different mm -hmm. level. And, um, uh, I think that uh, you know I I love every four years when we get to see it, and uh, I hate it when it's over. Um, so I've, that, I've already got my little countdown going to twenty twenty six. And it does remind me of something else I wanted to say that that as part of what you were saying, I can so enjoy an athlete coming over the line in twenty second position and doing a fist pump or or putting yes. their arms in the air. Yes, and um, I also like to see. Um, there was a couple times in biathlon and I saw it in cross country skiing too, where the winner of a race will come to the finish line, you know, in some cases, mm -hmm. five or 10 minutes after they finished to congratulate the last finisher. And, and, uh, yes. you know, there's, I don't want to get into the whole Olympic spirit discussion, uh, cause there would be another hour and a half probably if not more, <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's nice to see those gestures still, uh, in the it Olympics, is. So I, I agree. 100, 100%. Um, before you go, uh, I'm going to ask you uh, one athlete that we did not discuss. So this is a truly off the radar, off the radar athlete. Athlete we didn't discuss that uh, you enjoyed this this uh, Olympics. Gilles Bernat from Canada. Oh. He had oh. a fantastic and and don't want to take anything away from from the other Canadian athletes, but uh, um, I just 
saw him in my uh, uh, stats going by as uh, the fifth most improved athlete he had a similar ski time and his shooting improved by uh, by 7.25 percent it's his first olympics he did all four races qualifying for the um, for the mass start as well and in which i believe he had a 12th place but i'm not sure it could be off i i know for sure he had a personal best so uh hats off to him and and he definitely stands out as one athlete uh, that i really enjoyed watching and i'm sure we'll watch a lot more of in the, the next olympics and the next coming years that is very cool it's uh i that is not anywhere i thought you were going to go uh so that's that's exactly what i was looking for and how about you oh do i have to answer yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> um so i already i, I already said it i i, I said i was going to talk about uh Innerhofer. um you know, this she is not somebody I ever ever noticed, uh, but I started, uh, you know, just just picking up on her, um, sort of fairly early on in the Olympics. Just just noticed that you know she finished a little bit higher in the in the individual. It was only twenty sixth, but higher than I anticipated her. Um, and so I, I do this from time to time. I just kind of pick uh, an underdog who I kind of uh, attach myself to, and um, it was she didn't have any any absolutely spectacular finishes. I mean. Um, uh, you know, 26th and, and 21st. And so the, the, she didn't, you know, uh, blow anybody away, but it was just, it was fun to see her on a, on a really big stage uh, perform, you know, the, at some of the, the best races that she's had, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I, that, you know, you get one opportunity every four years. Um, it, it can be, it can be overwhelming. And, but then you see someone like that just, uh, come out there and, and, and have great races. We've talked about it before. You even just mentioned it. It's not always about the medals. It's about uh, going out there and, and, and racing your best and, and having, Absolutely. A, having a good race, you know, at that moment. And, and she did. So I enjoyed watching her. I don't know if anybody outside of her family was, was even keeping an eye on her, but um, yeah, it, it was fun for me. No, for sure. That's a, it's a great athlete to, to mention. And, uh, and a topic for the next episode will be, you explaining your affection for Austrian athletes. I I really will. I need to, right? So Innerhofer, uh <laughs> this is sort of becoming a problem. <laughs> All right, um, man, I gotta run. So uh yeah I'm gonna have here. to finish it up here. But um it was great talking to you and uh, absolutely and thanks again for everybody for listening and looking forward to the next episode. Sounds good. All right. Take care. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.